Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Menu Podcast. My name is Clara, and I'm your host. In this episode, Menu Sonos founder Sonia Kudo is joined by Sean Beckingham, president of Branding and Buzzing. Together, they'll be discussing food marketing and branding, food packaging essentials, and marketing tips for food businesses. So stay tuned. So welcome anyone who's joining us live or listening to this on our podcast. Uh, I'm My name is Sonia Kudo. I'm the founder of Menusano, which is a nutrition uh, tech uh, company. We provide nutrition labels to the food service industry. And today I am here with Sean Buckingham, president at Branding and Buzzing uh, for the food beverage. So you basically do um, marketing for the food beverage industry, right? Food That's and correct. beverage industry. So uh, just a little bit about branding and buzzing. It's a modern digital uh, food marketing agency, agency um, buzzing to consumers and food service aud- audiences about international campaigns, uh, brands, and uh, restaurants in real life and events on social media. I'm just giving it like a quick overview. Uh, so welcome, Sean. It's really nice to, to have you. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking everything food and marketing. <laughs> so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the food service industry? Yeah, no problem. So uh, our agency is uh, just over 10 years old now. Uh, we are a digital marketing agency, obviously, that's in the food space. Uh, prior to the food, food category, I was in a different category of fashion. And I was in a, I was still in marketing and content creation, but back then I was an art director for print magazines. Uh, we started the agency, I, my, my business partner and life partner, and I started the agency as we saw a need for uh, food marketing. To, uh, food marketing had changed, and we saw a need in a space where we could take advantage of that. Uh, we were first out of the gate using social media and really believing that social media was going to change every the way things people were doing things, and this is. Back in 2011, uh, Twitter was only two years old at the time. Facebook didn't even have like pages. Instagram was just a thought in someone's head. Uh, And my partner, she comes from the background of food and had been in the business 25 years as a food educator, a brand manager. And she really introduced me to my culinary journey. And it happened at such a magical time where we stopped going to the big restaurants and changed and started going to the small independent operators. And we were all learning about them on social media. So we met people. We started creating content for uh, for them. Our very first chef client was Chef Mark McEwen. Of course, if you're doing work for Mark McEwen in Canada for the Canadian listeners, you know that other restaurants are knocking on your door. Fast forward, we'd worked with over 250 chefs and restaurant operators in some form or capacity through digital, social, or influencer marketing. Uh, and around 2015, we started working on the brand side of things. We'd built this audience of new chefs and operators through our digital channels and brands said, hey, can you help us tap into these. So we developed social media campaigns for those brands to really tap into the chef community. From there, we started getting some consumer packaged goods and uh, really evolved. When we first started, we were the anti-PR agency. We were uh, all about social was first and that's what we believed in. But now we've grown up to include PR services, content creation, which is both in the copy, written uh, photo and video. We now, since, as we all know, advertising is big on social media, we now have an ad buying department. We're a full service agency now. If, we're, if it was the 90s, you'd call us an ad agency. So, uh, you know, food is um, manufactured, 
uh, it sort of goes through a life cycle. So do you focus on uh, business to business or business to consumer or both? Both. So I, we really believe that the, the food products really only have three customers, one, the end user. So if we think of uh, one, the end user and uh, two, the food service operators and three industrial. So if you're if we take one of our clients, uh, McCormick, who has Montreal Steak Spice, Mm-hmm. If you, there's a there's a whole marketing department that work, would work on selling Montreal steak spice to you and I as a consumer in the grocery store, then there's a marketing department where we land, where our role is to go to chefs, restaurants, and operators to sell the larger formats and and have them give them the reasons to believe. And then there's the industrial component. So if it was a potato chip company and they wanted to make Montreal steak spice potato chips, there's a whole sales and marketing cycle for that. Okay. So we do play in consumer and food service really. Right. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, what are some of the brands that you've worked with? Wow. We've worked with, so they've been both <laughs> restaurant brands and consumer brands. Uh, Frank's red hot is in our portfolio, which is part of okay. McCormick's for spice, uh, McCormick for chefs. We have Haritos Mexican Cola. We work for the distilled spirits council of America, the brewers association, Conestoga eggs, Bamama jam. We, work for a cooperative, really wonderful cooperators called the Canola Growers of Manitoba, which our role is to educate consumers about what real farming means and what's actually in your food, which is a wonderful program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of, we have done a lot of restaurant marketing. We're currently the agency that manages the social uh, Instagram for the Mandarin restaurant. I'm happy to see that their buffets are back open again. Yeah. Uh, so a wide range of clients throughout the years. Okay. That's awesome. So what are your biggest challenges with food marketing? I think the biggest challenge with food marketing falls with uh, onboarding a client, uh, finding out what they really need and assessing what it is that they need to accomplish and what we can do to accomplish that need. And then how do we measure that thing? I think that's been our biggest, our biggest piece. Uh, I think in the current landscape, uh, how things are reemerging in new spaces, I think that's going to be a challenge to see how people now take influencer marketing or events or social media posts. We've seen a complete, uh new landscape emerge post pandemic that uh, yeah. is going to be a challenge for all of us to figure out how that how that operates and food is social food is the kind of thing where you sit down and you eat and you share and you have conversations and now that we are virtual that's that's become a challenge and then agency sidewise of another challenge is the collaboration we were uh, an agency that's uh, a tight-knit team that everyone has their roles but we worked as a family and when somebody needed something worked on we would and if they were falling behind it, with a lot of tasks, we would all get on board and help them out. And we would be able to ideate together, collaborate together. And the offline is post challenges to that, or the, oh, sorry, the online is uh, really yeah. post challenges to that. So with, with the pandemic and COVID, um, how do you think, like, I know you're saying you're having challenges, but like, how do you think that's going to change the, the, the food industry just in general? Like, are, do you think that food and, and, and eating is going to become less of a sitting around together, a social thing, or do you think eventually we'll, we'll get back to that? Or is it just completely going to change the landscape? Well, I think it, it's gone through a couple of changes already. I think one of the biggest things that came out of pandemic is people started to cook at home again. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, we all know that we've got to, we have 21 meals a week, I, I, I say at the agency, that we can that we can capture somebody's attention, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Pre-pandemic, 66 of those, uh, 66% of those transactions happened outside of the home. Uh, and then obviously through pandemic, it had been brought into the home. 
takeout, of, of course, is because it became a big component of it. But a lot of people were cooking at home. Things do end in excess and things do get fatigued. I think people are now looking to get experiences again. I've noticed dining out has, has a full range of different dining experiences, some that are very strict and stringent, where others are, are a little more relaxed, where you have multiple dining tables. Uh, I think the digital play-in is, is, is really impacting dining, if we're, if we're talking on-premise dining with QR codes and timetable time limits on tables. I think those things are going to be a factor. Yeah. And well, and then also uh, vaccine passports to, to, you know, yeah. to indoors, right? Yep. I think the vaccine passport is uh, definitely going to play into play into things. Uh, I was in the city last night and uh, some places were really busy and some places were completely empty, but that was like that in pre pandemic too. Uh, yeah. The reality is, is that you have to, have a really good program that you put on. You can do anything you want as long as it is good. In the neighborhood that I live in, in Toronto, I have a Spanish tapas place called Bar Isabel that does the best Spanish tapas and is successful. Not a hundred yards down the road, there's a wing place that does 80 flavors of wings, sports bar and beer, and they do it really well. Across the street, there's someone that tries to do both and no one's in there. You just have to have a really good program. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, so um, are there any common misconception, misconceptions about food branding that you've come across? Uh, that it's easy and simple, uh, that it's just throw up some pictures on Instagram and people will buy it. It's a lot more than that. Uh, it was that way for a while. About, tell us a little bit about your process, your creative process. Sorry, can you say that again? You broke up tell a us bit. a little bit about your creative process. Uh, well, the creative process really happens collaboratively with the client. I think what you need to do is strategize with your client to what their needs are. Uh, and then creatively, you put together a brief for your team, sitting down knowing, typically, I need to go into a creative meeting knowing three simple things. I need to know what the, what our client wants to accomplish, what timeline they wish to do this, and what budget. From those three things, we can usually put together a pretty cohesive marketing play. The creative process usually has everybody that's in charge of their departments sitting and talking from their silo, but also as a group. So having uh, someone as a creative director leading the force, uh, a copywriter having their copy process it with you, your social media ad specialist, your community manager, everybody's a part of the overall plan. It's a mm -hmm. lot of collaborative and a lot of back and forth. Right. So you were just mentioning that it's not just a picture on Instagram. Right. So what is it? What's 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 involved? OK, so the, you do have your social media content and that's your own content. If you're going to mm -hmm. use social media, you have to treat it like a social play, which is social people using people and media using the platform. It seems really simple, but often getting either influencers, fans, content creators to take your brand and reimagine the brand, republish pictures of the brand on social and mm -hmm. use those pieces that helps in with your with your social. Your eyeballs are only going to go so far on organic. You need to put money behind paid. Paid is awesome because you can hyper-target our customers. We we let all these social media platforms, as we know, collect tons and tons of data on us, and it's awesome for retargeting. It's awesome because you connect, you connect with your right customer. When you when our display advertising of the 90s and 80s, where it was billboards and transit shelters, you never know who was walking by and seeing your ad. It could have been someone sitting in the transit shelter for four hours for a luxury watch and never going to buy where the targeting is really key. Uh, and I think media plays a big, big key in things too. playing and buying the right kind of media in your marketing mix, I think is important. And then it's food, right? So mm -hmm. let's eat, let's eat together. Let's 
sample together and have the right people eat your food and have them tell your story too. Okay, that, that's awesome. Uh, what are the what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you started branding and buzzing? The biggest lesson that I've learned that <laughs> it is people, it is people that we're talking to. No matter what it is, uh, everybody comes from a different place. We all unite with food. Um, and I like to connect with people who like to connect with each other. It's just really learning how to deal with personalities and finding out what's most important first and remembering that we're not saving people. We're eating food and tasting it. If it's a little too spicy, no one's going to have too <laughs> right. much trouble. Right? Uh, yeah, no, exactly. So what are some essential things that a business should include on their food packaging? Well, obviously, you need to you need to really follow the the guidelines that are out there. I think it's really important to have a strong, clear message. Make sure your nutrition information is on there. If you're going to sell into the Quebec market, really understand what the Quebec. If we're talking Canadian only, what the Quebec market looks like. Really focus on your ingredient, uh, making sure that your ingredients and packaging is correct. But also, what's key is put your product on a shelf and walk past it. I always remember in college, they used to tell they used to tell you in marketing that you either want to look like your competitor so you can people can have brand association or be completely different. Don't be in the middle, be one or be the other. That's okay. it. And what difference does that make? Well, if you're if you're if you look like everybody else, so I think of my spice cl client, uh, they are industry leaders. So you'll find that people will use the same packaging as them. They'll be they'll use similar colors on on their system. So that that will align your brand with try tested and true brands. On the flip side of that, I've seen spice companies that use old apothecary bottling and uh, vintage packaging, and then on the shelf that stops the eye and allows somebody to make that new purchase because they're trying something uh that is unexpected right right oh what tips do you have for food brands looking to expand their marketing efforts uh establish those those three things that i'm looking for you need to know first too um which is what you want to accomplish how much money you have to do it and your timelines to accomplish those items but really and truly i find so many times i go into a brand meeting and i ask for a brand book and a brand book is a very ambiguous thing. I think you need to build yourself a brand book. In the old days, that meant what's your font, what's your logo, what's your colors, and your mission statement. Important, yes. But more inside a brand book is how does your customer, who is your customer? Have three or four target audiences. Are they Yemis, young, educated, millennial moms? Are we looking at Gen Xs? Are we looking at Gen Z entering college or Gen Z just finishing high school? Whomever those individuals are, put them in your profile. Try to cr not create too many profiles either because you don't want to, diverse your marketing segments and then take those profiles constantly retune and look at those profiles and say do they make sense and make sure your marketing team knows those profiles everyone from the person doing the media buying because they will need to buy facebook ads that match a, a young millennial mom uh versus somebody who is buying sports cars we'll have to make those those matches uh, and then understand too how far you can go with your product. We had a client once, a southern southern girl used to say, "Is the juice worth the squeeze of what we're doing?" And really, no. Like, if I'm going to spend all this kind of money, is it really? What am I hoping to accomplish out of these things? Yeah. So, my so I have sort of a follow up to that. So, what sure. do you say to to brands or even startup brands that are like, you know, how important is really the marketing piece to my business? Can I afford it? 
is this something that I really need? How important is the, the marketing piece to, you know, any brand? In, in I think in food, it's very important. I think it's the, yeah. the most important thing. You've heard people say you eat with your eyes. You go to a restaurant and it's all about what you see around you. It's the plate presentation. It's everything. We, one of the earlier assignments that we had was to market an, uh, a restaurant called Smoke and Bones Barbecue. And in one year, we had them as the number one barbecue place in Canada on media and social. And it was because, not because it was great barbecue, because that's true. And it's given that your food is great, but the pictures were beautiful. And this falls into your marketing where people would say, I want to eat this. People would show up at his restaurant and put the phone in their face and say, I need to eat this thing. Down the street, there was another barbecue place more on the other edge of town who was as well known and just as tasty. But they would take pictures of their brisket that would be dark and look like old pieces of wood and not appetizing. He ended up losing business where the other one gained it. So image is very, very important. So basically you're saying, you know, it, it has a lot to do with having a, a branding company like yours who really knows how to take the photos and make the colors sort of when you get to the restaurant and you get the plate, it looks exactly like the photo. Yeah, you already have a preconceived notion, just like when you're going into the grocery store, the last 18 inches is really the final decision making, but you know what you're going in and shopping for. And when you have these pictures in your mind, same with a restaurant, you really have that expectation of what to have. And as a marketer, you want to show that. Of course, we want to show television ready stuff, but we know it doesn't always look that way. That's the fine line of having your own content that is the most beautiful photograph versus user generated content that's a little bit more forgiving, but really, yeah, you want to build your brand first before you make noise around it. And I know it sounds obvious because it's the name of our company, but you need to build your brand first and then you need to go and buzz about it. Don't do it in reverse. Don't go start and talking about your brand online when you don't know who you are. Build the brand first. So, and find, you don't have to find someone that does all of that stuff if you're hunting for an agency. Know what step you're looking for. Look for, if you're a smaller company, look where you can internalize some of your pieces. You may have a marketing manager that can assist uh, an agency like us. You may have, a, uh, if you're a food company, you may have a chef that does recipe development with you who can also act as your food stylist on set. Or you can turn the keys over to someone like ourselves. But key would be to start off as have a strategy, either develop it with your agency or present it to your agency. And if you're starting with an agency, start with some small projects to see how the, the culture fits for both sides. Yeah, no, for sure. So, you know, I know we've talked about uh, social media a little bit, but I, I want to go a little bit further in. So, you know, what would you say to a company that is not doing any social media? Like how important? I know that, you know, we, as consumers, we see, we we look, we, we want that. Um, what would you say to companies that are not really focusing on social media and they, they just don't think that it's that important at this point, especially with the pandemic and everything? Well, I've said this for many years, and, and I would say it to the same client. If they said, why do I have to use social media? I would say, so how else do you find out about, about your brand, uh, about anything? Are you reading it in a magazine? And if you are, how many magazines and newspapers did you actually pick up this morning versus yeah. how many times before you even got out of bed that you looked at your Instagram account and your, and your social? No matter what generation we're at now, everybody has a touch of, of digital in there. It's not just social media. It shouldn't be called social media. It should be called digital marketing because there are many ways to get to your customer. We all want to get to that 9 by 16. If I had my phone, I'd show it to you. But that 9 by 16 frame is where we really want to live, whether it's on a newsletter blast, an ad, a pod, uh, an audio clip in a podcast, one of our friends and family sharing an article that has some commentary. It's just being inside that phone. When print and and still campaigns were around, we used to say the penetration weight was four to five times for an impression. 
Meaning that if you saw an ad of a car in a magazine, you need to see it four times to remember it was a blue Mercedes. Now that our attention span is, our attention span has lifted uh, or shortened and our need for recall has tightened. We're now saying it 12 times. So your brand has to be in multiple touch points over and over. So does that mean that prints and traditional magazines is something that people shouldn't like really consider going forward and just sort of stick to um, digital marketing? Yeah, I, I think that we have to look at them as publishing platforms. Uh, and it's again, it's media, right? Uh, it's not social because there's no two way conversation. A newspaper mm -hmm. and magazine either is a journalist or an opinion. So a journalist's job is to go and report on facts and deliver facts. A journalist uh, at a, uh, and then op ed or opinion is somebody saying, these facts, this is what I think about those things. There's no conversation that happens. And that's fine because sometimes you want to read that. You don't have to consume it printed. You can consume it digitally. You can consume it audio. You can consume it watching a movie or a, a podcast or watching a video like what we're doing right now. Uh, it's just getting that message out there. Print does have its place, I suppose. I don't, you know, whoever's watching this right now, when was the last time you bought a magazine, really? You know, mm -hmm. it's they're wonderful things and people say, I read them at the cottage, but. It's a big spend, I have to be honest. Now, a lot of those publishing platforms are still around. The star always shows up in my feed, the Globe and Mail. They've learned to adapt as everything. You must adapt and overcome. They're delivering a certain type of content. That's why you would work with them in general. They become a center of authority. If you can get covered in BuzzFeed, that will, which is a one-sided conversation, that kind of media will grow your business exponentially. Do you think that um, if you're focusing on uh, the consumer side that, you know, social media is definitely the way to go, but maybe if you're doing B2B, you know, print or uh, online, you know, magazines is still a good option? Yeah, we do a lot of for our business to business with chefs. There's a few publications that are out there that were print and still loved print. I only buy digital from them now. Uh, but they had a top 10 audience. They've got a database of 10,000 chefs or, and so many people visit their websites. It's, I would definitely look to your trade if you're, if you're doing business to business and some business to business doesn't need any social media. I once years ago had somebody who worked for a car manufacturer said, I think I want you to do my social media. And I said, well, why, how many customers do you have? So I have four. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you just call them? You know, you, Toyota, Ford and the rest of it, just, just phone your customers. It's not for everybody. Right. Right. Um, so how can food brands use social media to grow their business? Uh, I definitely think that using digital marketing is a great tool. I think if you have a dynamic website, if you're doing, first of all, you have to ask yourself what the customer journey is going to happen. If it's happening on a website, um, a direct to consumer, making sure that you've got a great website that has all of your pixel tracking codes. So if someone hits the site, Google and Facebook can share data on each other to get people to the, to your website. If that's your, if that's your goal on your strategy, uh, use social to have your link in bio, to have swipe up ads, use influencers to drive people to that, to that website using their social media, because that's a very big key to it. Use paid advertising to complement it. So some great content that you're doing, run some Facebook ads or some Instagram ads, or now we're even seeing the TikTok community emerging for ads. So using those pieces really help. It's a, it's definitely a mix. You have to understand where you are inside the uh, the marketing funnel, whether you're just in the top big piece, which is awareness, constantly getting people just to see your brand, or are we looking at consideration where they're adding things to cart or converting, where on a regular basis they're on repeat trial. So really knowing mm -hmm. where your customer is. And one thing we've learned in the last couple of years is not all your customers are in that stage. You just don't start the funnel and just end up with one. You start it and you keep doing awareness and then you keep doing consideration.
Even McDonald's right. does awareness ads still. So my last question with all of these, you know, we're a technology company company, and we know that there's, you know, always new things coming out and especially with social media. Now we have the whole TikTok community and, you know, down the road, something new will come out. How do you um, determine the best social media platforms uh, for your clients? And how do you keep up with all the, the changing trends in social media? So you did ask what were the hardest things were prior out there. <laughs> and that is one of the hardest things is staying up of, of what new, what's coming out. And when something becomes a, a fad versus a trend. So a fad, as we know, has a quick rise and then a quick decline. I think of Periscope, I think of Vine, these different individuals. And right. then a trend is something that continually grows and grows and grows. And you need to be able to monitor those things. Then you need to tell your client, is it right to be in that space? If I am selling, if I have a, we have a brand, Trey Pure, that we, that we work with, which is, uh, texture modified food for seniors and people that have eating dysphagia. Do I hurt? And if you're that brand and you hear TikTok is hot for young people, you don't need to be there. So really establishing where your brand needs to be as well as is, is really key and not jumping on the latest and greatest. We've been lucky. Things have stabilized in the last few years. We've seen some large players emerge, you know, the Facebook platform that owns workplace, Instagram, messenger, WhatsApp, all those pieces are great. Um, mm -hmm. Staying on top of that that part, knowing your experts that are that are in their lane working on those things. Uh, agencies get the insider, at least our agency does. With Facebook, we're Facebook Pro, where we have we get released new tools to test to beta test. Sometimes new platforms are released to us. We'll get individuals uh, at Facebook that we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I do have a phone number for Facebook. Um, <laughs> where we can, where we can talk now you get there by, there's a three criteria that you get there. Great ads, excellent conversion and how much you spend. And then the more of those, those things get measured, the higher up you go in the hierarchy of, of service for Facebook, but just definitely to your point about new technologies, just stay, stay in your lane, test, test the waters on some of the platforms, know how they change it. TikTok is not social media like Instagram. It is a content creators platform. People mm -hmm. make content versus oversharing or, or doing the, the quick little instant pieces that we've done in the past. But I have noticed that in, in the past couple months, TikTok, yes, you're right. It's a, it, people are creating, but they're also now starting to really get into the ads and because they, they know there's a large audience that's going in to watch these videos of the creators, right? How do you think that's going to impact, you know, who you guys target and can you target the people that are going on there just to watch these videos? Cause it's almost Well, like this is the thing. So this is the channel, big thing. Right? Every, yeah. So this is the big thing. I think everything comes around in circles. So if this was instead of 2021 and this was 1991, you and I would be having a conversation about, I've got this great television station that I'm watching. I need to buy advertising space on that because the people watching this show are the people I want to go after. Well, right. that's what TikTok is now. That, right. and, and these and the ads that you're talking about on other, on these other networks now, you create that great content of your own as your advertisement and you put it into these networks and, and target appropriately. So we really need to think that way where in years past, especially Twitter really set this where a brand could come on and have its own personality. And it still makes sense. Like you can still see Oreo cookie and Arby's having fights with uh, or playful engagement with burger king though there's still a place for that for a brand to own its thing and you can do that too but now even investing in good content and getting it on those platforms in the right audience is key so media buying is a, a large component of it now okay. it's almost 40 percent in some of our budgets that we're wow. handing the money right over to facebook 
Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, great. I mean, I, I feel like I learned so much today about just branding and overall, um, how can we, how can our listeners, uh, find you, ask questions, reach out to you. Can you give us a little bit more? about? Sure. So anywhere you look, I'm at Sean Beckingham. Um, that's S E A N Beckingham. Uh, my agency is branding and buzzing and you can try the old worldwide web to find us there at uh, brandingandbuzzing.com. Uh, and yeah, if, if you want to engage at any point, I think really just start trying things. If I'm going to give some advice to some of the, you know, merging brands, try a couple of things, test them out and see if, if it works and measure, just know what you're measuring, you know, take your time yeah. and, and, and try. Yeah. A lot of our clients, a, a big portion of our clients are actually, um, startups. So, you know, okay. a mom and pop who, uh, call us and they're saying, we just developed like uh, a sauce and it now needs to be sold to grocery stores and restaurants and things like that. Um, to those types of, of startups, what advice can you give them on sort of starting some, you know, marketing and branding? Okay. So that's, they need to know two customers right now. They need to know their end user customer, but really they, you just told me two nuggets that will completely change the way we tackle something. You okay. said, are they buying it at the grocery store? Or are they selling it to restaurants? Decide, are you a food service brand? Or are you a consumer brand? Can you be both? And if you are both, what foot are you leading with first? Are you going to build your reputation at the back of the house? Or are you going to build it in at, at the grocery store? Do those do those gut checks on your brand and, and really do that first before you engage with someone like ourselves, because that will lead into the style of marketing that we do. Sometimes it is a goal where someone is saying, I need to get listed before I get people buying my product because I can go do a big influencer campaign and you can spend thousands of dollars and people are ready to convert and there's nowhere to buy it. So you kind of have to be in a grocery store or a restaurant. So yeah. really know what that takes. And then if you're trying to get into a restaurant, there are marketing, sorry, a grocery store, there are marketing techniques for that. There are grocery publications that are out there. There are shows that are out there. There are influencers that you can use out there. There's completely different. Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking to accomplish. So I have another question now that we've got on. This I, got, I got time. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> So for I, just because like I, we're in the startup space, so, you know, startups usually sometimes they just have a great idea, but, and they, they just, they just think, oh, this idea is going to work. So they don't, but they don't actually quite know how to, you know, what are the next steps are going to be. So for, for example, um, they just assume, you know, my sauce is great. I'm going to sell it at a grocery store and I'm going to sell it to restaurants and I'm going to, I'm, I just want to sell it to as many people Everywhere. as I want, right? Because I just want to make money on this thing. Do, do you, does your uh, uh, company help, you know, companies sort of determine which way they should go if they're not sure yet? Or do they have to? Uh, not really, up? not really. A marketing company really shouldn't determine where your sales cycle is and who your customer. We can help define your customer. I, I more develop the brand of who you are. Once you say, hey, I've got this great sauce and I know I'm going to sell it in a grocery store then we can come in at that point. You might not have a label, you might not have a package, you might not have a name, but we can develop that. But I can't taste your sauce and say it should be better for grocery store or better for food service. That's that's your determination or a consultant. Um, Dana McCauley does that. There's a person that does that. There's a few people out there that will do that in the infancy stage. You're better off coming to an agency with a bit of a plan, a little bit, even if it's in your head. Um, mm. you can have a name or a few concepts. I do do a branding exercise with somebody often it's called brand cards. It's an hour and a half process it involves three people from my team. Plus 
members of leadership members of the brand. It's a great exercise that really determines are you a fun and playful brand or are you a serious brand? Um, we can do those type of activities, but deciding the core of what you do and what you sell, you have to decide that. We can write the message, we can make it sound beautiful and we can take great pictures, but you need to know who you are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great advice for a lot of startups that are sort of trying to figure out their identity and which way to go, to, to go. Is it B2B, B2C and all of, you know, where do they sell? So that's that's great. So um, I think we're almost out of time. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for, for coming on. This is very educational. I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy it. Uh, we now know how to reach you if uh, anyone has any questions. And if anyone has any questions for myself, all of the information will be provided on um, when we make everything go go live and, and, and advertise it. So thank you so much, Sean, for, for coming on and giving us this um, great informative information. No problem. Thank you for having me. And best of luck to everyone who's out there doing this. You know, follow your passion. If it's, it, you know, most of startups are people from passion and entrepreneurs. Follow your gut, find the right people, surround yourself with good people like yourselves. Happy to talk anytime too, if you want to do this again and yeah. uh, you know, really hone in on one specific subject or even case study one of your clients. Happy yeah. to do that. Just everyone, good luck with what you're out there doing. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great okay. day. You too. And that was our episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to know more, we've left some really helpful links around the talking points in the description of the episode. You can find many Sano across many platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The links are also in the description. Thanks for listening.